Adrian Adrian Solomon. Solomon and Adra, whichever way you want to say it, really. And you're listening to Afro Mythos, the podcast where we discuss all things African mythology, folklore, and culture. That's right. So thank you for taking the time out to explore this amazing world with us. So... We've all heard about fairies, commonly made popular with iconic characters such as Tinkerbell and the fairy godmother. Exactly. And uh, two fairies. And who? Two fairies. Uh, <laughs> two fairies. Oh yes. yeah, true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a fairy or a fae is a type of mythical being or legendary creature more popularly found in the folklore of multiple European cultures, including Celtic, Slavic, Germanic, English and French folklore. That's right. Their form of spirit, often described as metaphysical, supernatural, or preternatural. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. What word, what's the word mean? <laughs> so preternatural means um, anything which appears outside or beside the natural. So it's suspended between the mundane and the miraculous. I've been educated. You've been educated. Let's go. Well done. <laughs> so in mythology, fairies or fae are easily one of the most confusing and misunderstood creatures from the first mention of the classic fairy archetype to more modern imaginings. So... Let's break it down a little bit for you and take you back to the basics. The word fairy originates from the French word fairy, (laughs) a spelling that is still used occasionally to this day. In addition, fairies as a whole are also known as the fae. Mm -hmm. So what does the fae mean? I'm going to tell you. (laughs) It's a term that describes both what they are physically and who they are culturally. So the fae in the broadest sense are those who belong to the order of fairies. Yup, that's right. Including creatures that are disconnected from the classic fairy archetypes and don't usually match up mentally to what most people's images are of fairies. Mm -hmm. We actually have a friend over in the US, Piper, who has a master's in folklore. So she talks about fairies and the fae a lot on her mm-hmm, TikTok. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested, check it out. Head her up. <laughs> so it might or might not surprise you to know that there is a wide range of amazing fairies and fae in African mythology and folklore. Which makes sense, doesn't it? As mm-hmm. you know, this is the second largest continent in the world. Um, some of these creatures you may have heard of and some will be completely new to you, mm-hmm. but that's all right. That's why you're here. (laughs) And with that, today we're going to be discussing the fairies in African folklore and mythology. So, have you heard of the Yumbos? Of course you have, Solomon, because we're paying them. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I haven't. Like, what, what the hell is that? What's the Yumbos? I'd be scared if you had it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Yumbos are fairies from the folklore of the Wolof people in Senegal, West Africa, on the coast near Gori Island. So they actually closely resemble European fairies. Um, so I think they're one of the few African fairies that resemble or kind of have the same type of characteristics as European fairies. Mm. Um, the alternatively used name Bakna Rakna literally means good people. And this is a really interesting parallel to the Scottish and Irish fairies that are known as the good neighbours. Oh. So yeah, that's that's one. Um so this actually also acts on the same principle as the Greeks, who called their fairies Furies Eumenides. 
I don't know a lick of Greek, so I hope I said that right. Furiza remedy. Okay, chatting rubbish there. I tried. You just have to say it with confidence, you see. Like you're saying a spell. Furiza remedies. So the Yumbos live underground beneath the hills called Paps. So there are many hills named Paps across the world, and they're actually called Paps because apparently they resemble the shape of a woman's breast. So I have an image here. Feel free to Google if you're listening. Mm, um, I'm looking. I I think mm, I was looking at images. I was like, do they resemble women's breasts? Because they kind of just look like normal hills. Yes, but... yes they do. Okay, Solomon says yes. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> so the Bakna Ravna or Yambos are embodiments of hospitality, being generous, relaxed, gracious, and friendly. So... The kind of the creatures you you wanna you wanna come across, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're really fond of revel and festivity, and they hold many great glorious feasts that are always, that are often punctuated with graceful and exuberant moonlight dances. So you know, it sounds like a dancing quite a good motive. Everybody's dancing in the moonlight. We're singing two different songs, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what song are you singing? Dancing in the moonlight. No. I forgot what song I was singing now. You were singing that I was, song. I yes, was. I was. was. was <laughs> no, no. I, I, I said, Daddy dancing in the moonlight. Yeah, that's the song. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, Yambos are very fond of plum wine. A wine I've not yet tried. Um, and when the wine turns sour, they like to drink it with great joy until they become very drunk. And in their drunken states, they sing loudly, they make a lot of noise, they beat on drums, and they just generally act wild. Sounds like a good time. It sounds like a great time. So they've also been known to steal corn and fire. Corn! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's corn. Um, the latter of which they're apparently unable to make themselves, so they can't make fire themselves, which is why they have to steal it. Yeah. That's very wonder, interesting. Yeah, I wonder what the thought like why they can't make fire. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's such a natural element to make. If you, they yeah. probably did something wrong to a god somewhere who banned them from using fire. Mm. That's probably what happened. Mm, okay. But it's interesting because the parallels to my stories instead. Ooh, okay. I'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So the Yambas do catch fish on their own and they've been known to invite humans into their homes for meals. So people that have been guests of Yambas have observed that the food is usually served by beings who are invisible except for their hands and feet. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yambas are also known to attach themselves to particular families, joining in with grief when a family member dies, and sometimes even dancing on their graves. Now, this isn't considered a sign of disrespect in Yambo culture. It's more like, you know, celebrating the life of the person. Right, right. Yeah. This also gives me very midsummer vibes. Yeah. So, like, you know, when someone's crying and everyone comes everyone's around crying and they're with crying them. with them. Yeah. yeah. That it, movie was it looked wild. weird. It looked weird. <laughs> I, I won't lie to you. So well, hear, that's empathy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Extreme. Feeling someone else's yeah. pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wolof people say that Yambos live just like people. They've been spotted at night in their fishing boats, hoping to catch a late snack. They often bring this fish to the land in search for some fire to roast it. Um, so Yambos are actually also classified as spirits of the dead. And like many supernatural beings in African beliefs, they are completely of pearly white colour. So People say that they're two feet tall and they're like coloured silvery white from head to toe. 
So imagine okay, that. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's actually quite a lot of parallels throughout Africa and the Caribbean um, of like where you would see like Yambus have influenced other creatures or are similar to other creatures mm. and fae and fairies. So the Congo people originally took European newcomers um, for these things they called Vimbai mm. or Vimbi. That sounds like a zombie. They're white skinned ghosts. <laughs> zombie. <laughs> Um, but they were Europeans. <laughs> oh, they're calling y'all zombies. <laughs> so not only were Europeans obviously white in the color of their skin, but when their ships first appeared to the Congo, they appeared as a in a mast for over the horizon. So mm. they kind of looked like they were coming and rising up from the underworld. If mm. you can imagine that. So they thought they were supernatural beings and they called oh, them Bumbai. Yeah. I see. So some people think that's where the Yumbos have actually kind of Come from. come from in terms of the um, mythology behind that. Um, in Jamaica, there's the Duppy folk. Google this at your own risk. I didn't put a picture because it was a bit, was, you know, like when it's like a, what's the word? A jump scare. I was like, oh, oh right, 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 right. We're going to give you a pause to Google it. <laughs> okay. Damn. <laughs> so like the Yambos, the Duppy folk are little white people who live in a society that and they often mimic humans. They love singing and appreciate offerings of food. Unlike the Yumbos, though, I personally think they look a lot more terrifying. Um, right. So, yeah. Fimbas and Duppies are both ghosts. And in many cultures, there's actually an overlap between fairies and ghosts. So that's mm. why um, some people say that the Yumbos are spirits of the dead as well as fairies. Because that, that does make sense. There's an easy overlap between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. Also reminds me of, is it like... Is it Welsh or Irish or Scottish or one of them? Willow wisps, mm. which is supposed to be like ghosts or they're like little spirits of the dead that yeah. haven't been able to pass yeah. to the afterlife. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's the Yumbos. Okay. Yeah. Yumbos. <laughs> yumbos. Yumbos. Okay. So um, a similar um, but different type of fairies found in Africa mm-hmm. um, are the Aziza. Which we also happen to be painting as well. Have painted. Have painted. Have <laughs> painted. Yes, yes, yes. It's complete. It's done. Donezo. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always liked the name Aziza because like it's, you know, it feels good to say. It's almost like you're cutting through air or like you're yeah. hearing like a bee fly past you. And okay. it's actually a really pretty name. It is. Like, it is. From our painting, we've come across quite a few people called Aziza. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah, so I guess the terminology of it, like a bee flying past you is not a cute image, but you, you, you get the point. Aziza. Aziza. <laughs> Aziza. Okay. What's that word? Onomatopoeic. It's an onomatopoeic word. Yeah. The West African Aziza are a type of fae that reside in the forest. They are part of the Dahomey mythology and folklore. Mm-hmm. And when you look up Aziza, you'll mostly find that they're benevolent African nature spirits that provide good magic to hunters. And they're said to live in, you know, ant hills or silk cotton trees. Ooh. They were known for helping hunters and, for, and forest travelers, um, being said to hold magical powers, which they were able to pass on to humans. Both spiritual and practical Sharing the wisdom of medicinal herbs and plants they were, They're also best accredited um, for providing humans the gift of fire mm. Which as I said is interesting because the Yombos couldn't use couldn't fire Couldn't use fire and these 
Aziza provided the gift of fire. Yeah, so maybe the Azizas have the um, copyright to fire. <laughs> yeah. That we're the only African parents that couldn't do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, do you know mm-hmm. what? They actually kind of remind me of Aja, the Risha of um, the forest and mm-hmm. all those that dwell in it. Yeah, and the, um, what do you call it? The resemblance would yeah. be seen a bit more okay. through yeah. all of this. I feel like which, get along. Yeah, they would. They really would. Um, here's an excerpt I found um, about the Aziza from the People of Light and Shadows series. <clears throat> so, and just when all hope seemed lost, the petals of the solitary flowers growing by the hunter's campsite parted and a tiny creature arose from the center of this flower and spread her wings wide. They were the color of sunset over the savannah and the hunters followed them until they had found their way again. Asking nothing in return, the butterfly-winged girl turned and disappeared back into the wilderness and the grateful hunters went their way, their spirits restored at last. That's Mm. beautiful imagery right there, isn't it? So where is that from again? Um, It's a series called The People of Light and Shadow. I think it's either um, a photograph series or I think it's like a series of articles ah, um, that I nice. found yeah. online. It's, um, it's cute. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll need to read a bit more on that. Yeah. Um, so they are similar to most known um, fae phenotypes, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the known phenotype of fae in Europe, mm-hmm. um, apart from, you know, I guess the melanin. Um, they're said to have... Um, beautiful butterfly wings, which are orange, and they're remarkable, and they are remarkably beautiful, and often glow with an astonishing light. For our butterfly of aficionados, is that the word? Aficionados, yeah. yeah that's it. Aficionados <laughs> out there. Um, their wings are said to be similar to the plain tiger, also known as the African queen or the African monarch, which is similar to the American monarch butterfly. Ooh. So look it up if you want to see. Um, other accounts state that um, not only were they supposedly tiny, but they're also very hairy. Mm. Now, I don't like this depiction, but you know, apparently <laughs> they were also very hairy, yeah. like fuzzy creatures. And um, these funny, fuzzy little nature spirits are also known to be helpful um, guidance, and they have like forest wisdom. I don't. I, I would like to see a hairy depiction. I feel like it'd be quite interesting. That, yeah, little like fur balls. Yeah. 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 That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it could also be scary looking. It could be scary. Like it could easily be very scary looking. Yeah. Um, so in the fun religion, um, they were related to the supernatural powers of Wu, um, which is, so not Igbo, <laughs> to the powers of Wu, um, which is a charm that protects its owner from evil and has the powers to hurt its own its owner's enemy. Ooh. So it's like this charm with powers. Um, so I think either they capture these things or they charge it. I'm not sure exactly, but it's related to that. Okay, so now, you know how in the previous episode when we were talking about Mummy Water mm-hmm. um, and Mummy Water could mean a pantheon of deities as well as a specific deity? Yeah. Well, this is similar, but a bit different. Mm-hmm. Aziza, whilst being a type of fairies, is also the name of another African mythological character. Ooh. A single-legged and handed goblin-like creep um, figure from the Urubo people known as Aziza, the king of the Urubo forest. Wow, that seems like a very a stark difference to these little beautiful tiny creatures to a one-legged 
single uh, whatever you said goblin indeed indeed indeed. (laughs) now i can hear some of you asking who are the herbal or is he mispronouncing yoruba (laughs) well if you did your knowledge is about to be widened because you've just unlocked the knowledge of a new nigerian tribe the orobos are people located in southern nigeria and are one of the largest um, ethnic groups um, it is one of the 36 states in nigeria and has its own mythology and pantheon with over 1260 deities now if we were to cover all of them, it would make a very long episode. So interesting though, because we haven't even touched like the other tribes in Nigeria, like exactly. Ibo. We haven't even touched out, outside of West Africa. Yup, <laughs> that's amazing. It's, it's a lot. It's that's a lot. amazing. Um, amongst um that large number of mm-hmm. gods and um, deities mm-hmm. is Aziza, a god known to unleash its anger and fury on anybody who arouses his error. Or desires to call it bluff. Ooh. It was believed that Aziza is a one-handed and one-legged god, a goblin type, who cannot be seen with the physical eyes, except it decides to appear in a corporeal form before anybody. He was the rarest of heroes, a kind of wizardly intellectual who could act decisively and swiftly. It used its great knowledge to help not only himself, but also to alleviate the sufferings of humanity. So he's nice. Sort of. So it's very similar to the Fae. Um, However, there are some interesting stories um, that I think we can better cover in another minisode. Mm -hmm. But stories about how he picks his children or prey and how he does bad to the wicked, yet is just to the kind. So he's a very complex character. Yeah, so we know um, what we're talking about in our next minute. That, yep, that yep, sounds yep, very cool. Because there's some really interesting things. Yeah, but I'll sure. stop there. Um, but it's well, really interesting, right? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Unlocked a new character. Ding. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about the Abatwa or Umutwa if we're talking about just one of them. So mm-hmm. Abatwa is plural, Umutwa is just one of them. Right, okay. I hope I'm saying this right, but. Um, and they are the smallest of all fairies and are described as extremely small men armed with poison arrows, which cause uncontrollable bleeding. So I've put wow. a picture so you can see. Feel free to Google. But, <laughs> you know yeah. what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know, um, um, is it Night at the Museum? Yes. Night at the Museum. Yes, yeah, those, yeah, little, those people. little people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so think of that, but black. <laughs> <laughs> and I found this interesting because... It appears that they're just men. Normally, when you think of fae or fairies, you think of like um, like females mm-hmm. or girls yeah, first, like softer but, features, oh, softer and, all features that, yeah. and all that. But they're very like you know, these are tribal mm, men. Yeah. Tribal, yeah. So they live in the rugged uplands where they use blades of grass as shelters and sleep in ant hills. So that 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 alone, you can imagine how small they are. Yeah, no, that sounds so cute. I can think of it as a you know those short little animations <laughs> yeah. where they like just have a little story and like a little <laughs> raindrop like destroys their whole ecosystem. I love how you said that. Sounds so cute because if they heard you say that, <laughs> let's just say. Oh, don't come for me. Yeah. <laughs> so Abatwa have no fixed village apart from their um, homes in the ant hills. So the only times they're actually sedentary. So that like, the only times they stay in one place is when they kill prey 
And even then, they only stay for as long as it takes to eat the carcass. So oh. they they move along, they move around quite yeah. a bit. Why else we have the people from you know? That's exactly what reminded oh. me of in uh, wait, not House of Dragons. Lord, um, Lord of the Rings, in, the Rings of Power. In the Rings it. of Power, those people, the little people, the little people. yeah, they are little yeah. people. Yeah, <gasps> yeah that Ooh. move around, yes, and they use like they use nature as like shelter and their homes. This is what these people kind of mm. do as well. They kind of mm. makeshift, yeah, but much much smaller, but much much smaller, yeah, like much smaller. Okay. So sometimes the Abaspa ride horses in search of their prey. So imagine tiny as they are, they ride massive, like massive creatures like horses. Wait, how how does this work? So basically this is how it happens. Dozens of the tiny warriors sit on top of one horse in a line from head to tail. And then right. the horse just moves as horses do. Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, so if the hunt is unsuccessful though, and they don't find any prey while like the horse is moving around, they do the next best thing and eat the horse. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's wow. Yeah. I was, I was at first I was thinking, how why is the horse listening to the refugee of <laughs> tiny little ants on top of them? like how do they navigate? They the don't thing? navigate. I think they just climb the horse and go wherever the horse goes. And if there oh. happens to be like a deer about or some sort of other animal, they eat the animal. If the horse is just grazing for time and there's no prey, they eat the horse. Damn. Yeah. Applied pressure. Imagine the stress. You just see these passengers come on top of you. You're like, find me food <laughs> or you die. <laughs> uh, so despite their little size, they're actually deadly hunters and they're armed with these poison arrows that can kill even elephants. So... As small as they are, they can kill massive creatures. Okay. Like, yeah. This makes sense. Um, so being stalked and killed by Abatwa is a nightmare as they're too small to see. They're like driver ants. Like they're that tiny. They're virtually yeah. invisible, yet disproportionately deadly. So it's scary. Like wow. to not even see it coming. You know what I'd like to see? I would like to see an episode when, you know, Ant-Man from Marvel, yeah. when he comes and like fights these people. Ooh, let's, let's he see wouldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to that man. It's, it's like Ant-Man <laughs> Wakanda type. <laughs> Ooh, Marvel. Mm. Um, however, as I said before, when you said, when you called them cute, they're very self-conscious about being tiny to the point of being very touchy about it. This insecurity is outweighed by an enormous ego. So the Abaswa are vulnerable to flat flattery and they hate, hate, hate being, you know, called small. <laughs> or being belittled. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> so for example, this is a scenario of what not to do if you can't if you encounter an Umutwa or an Abaswa. So when one meets an Umutwa and hails him with a traditional Sakubona, which means I have seen you, the Umutwa is immediately suspicious. So they'll say, where did you see me? If you answer, I haven't seen you before, or I've seen you just now, or anything like that, or I've just seen you now, um, the Umutwa gets really angry about this. And if they think of it as a slight on their size, like you've only seen me now. So, oh, as in like, yeah, I've been around, but you've I've been only around, seen but you've only seen me now. Yeah. Mm. So if you respond like that, they'll immediately draw their bow and shoot you dead. Mm. Yeah. Damn. So instead, you should say something like this: "I last saw you on my way here. So you see that mountain on the horizon? I was on top of it when I saw you, and I couldn't mistake you for anyone else." <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's that's what you have to say. Damn. So I saw you from all the way over there. Damn. <laughs> Then the Umutua will smile with pride, secure in the knowledge that despite being tiny, he's still a towering and respected figure. 
So that's what you need to say if you ever encounter one. Damn, that is a complex. Yeah, but obviously this greeting only works if the mitwa is somehow seen or detected. So it's only once if you see one, obviously. So the true dreadfulness of an abattoir comes from the very fact that their size makes them almost invisible in most circumstances to the human eye. So an abattoir could shoot and kill a Zulu who nearly stepped on him without the Zulu ever seeing that, you know, they nearly stepped on him. So just because of that, just because you might accidentally be about to step on one, they will take that as an offense that you can't see them because you can't and they'll kill you. Damn. Yeah. That's some scary shit. It's scary, isn't it? When you uh, think and of like it. you said, you won't know that you were killed by Yeah, you won't know that you were killed by one. You yeah. won't even know that you nearly stepped on one because you, it's just a lose-lose situation. Fair, fair. I guess this encourages people to like not step, step on like yeah, ants and yeah. bugs and all of that. And just be careful where you move, you know? Yeah. But what if you're just walking to jelly and you don't even... Look, yeah. face the ground. Uh-uh, they're face so small. The <laughs> so interestingly though, the, this motif of tiny warriors with height and security is actually widespread in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. So all of these creatures associated with different cultures can be dealt with in the same way as a batwa. And they all respond negatively and lethally to going unnoticed. Mm. So here's a list of little folk fairies from sub-Saharan Africa that are similar to the batwa. So, for instance, the Katsumbaki fairies, or little folk of Girama in Kenya. If you flatter them, it is said that something lucky will happen to you. So, there's this okay. that's it. The Machioshiana of Aiku in Dagotari, also in Kenya, are a tribe of dangerous cannibal dwarfs who hate to be called small, and they are very skilled in metalworking. Mm, that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> the Wabikilamo of Swahili um, are only twice the length of your middle finger. Yeah, that's how small they are. Okay. The Wachongigo of the Wachanga in Tanzania have enormous misshapen heads and hide in Mount Kilimanjaro, and they're no bigger than a little boy, apparently, but they have massive misshapen heads. So if you're ever, you know, hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, which, you know, you'll never see me doing after Snowden. Yep, 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 yep. I'm (laughs) done with this hiking thing. I don't know why you think that that is right. You're fun. But nah, I'll go on walks happily. Um, I'll go on a trek, but climbing a mountain, that's just not for me. He's taken this personally because we recently hiked to Mount, Mount Snowden and it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the Washongo, um, they hide in Mount Kilimanjaro and they have enormous misshapen heads. And it's said that they have ladders that reach into the sky. Um, they also never lie down. They only lean against walls because their heads are so big and misshapen that if they were to lie down, it'd be so hard for them to get up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. No, but they're nice because they actually take pe- pity on people in trouble and they help them if they're lost. So if you're lost out there in Mount Kilimanjaro, it'd be good if you come across one of these because they help you. And they actually leave bits of meat that they sacrifice to their ancestors and they roll these meats down the mountain and the meat turns into white-necked ravens. So yeah, these are actually somewhat less touchy-fey than the others I've mentioned before, but they can still exact terrible vengeance if you're rude to them or if you've, um, you know, what's the opposite of flatter? Um... Um, belittling Belittle them Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Again But yeah So 
that's the abattoir and you know some little sub-saharan african fairies as well amazing amazing this is good to know Mm -hmm. and finally let us talk about the momotia is it is it momotia it's part of two m's so i'm saying mama but it's probably just motia moatia i'll say moesha oh moesha but that's just how i read it i'm gonna say momotia (laughs) i'm gonna say motia Okay. Moatia. Moatia. It's spelled M M O A T I A. Yeah. Moatia. Okay. Um, so if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you might be thinking, have I heard this name before? Okay, maybe not the way that we've just said it now, <laughs> but something similar to it. Um, and you'll be correct because um Moatia um are forest dwelling fairies um known to the Akan or Ashanti people of Ghana. <laughs> Represent, (laughs) (laughs) and is one of the creatures Anansi had to capture to win the Sky God's stories. So, if you rewind it back to then, you'll remember that his Anansi's epic and how he had to trick different creatures to Mm -hmm. capture them to win the stories for the world. That's actually the episode we did this time last year, I believe. Yeah, kind of Halloween episode, the OG Spider Man. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, it was before the Halloween episode. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, Motia are said to be short, around one foot tall, and have curved noses, yellowish skin, and interestingly, their feet are said to point backwards, mm. and um, they communicate through a very unique whistling language, which is why whistling in a bush is a sure way to draw their attention. <laughs> now, <laughs> this might sound random, but remember when we were hiking and- I was literally about to say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we're speaking about whistling and how my grandmother didn't like hearing when people like whistled in the summer. I'm thinking yeah. this might have to do with it, like a legend or a superstition yeah. behind it. Um, yeah, so Motia um, are credited with the phenomenal um, knowledge of medicine, which they impart to herbalists or medicine men. Sometimes Ghanaians are taken deep into the forest by Motia. Um, those who are captured are often learn their ways and emerge after a few years as herbalists. So this is very similar to, you know, the stories of Aja, yeah, who, you know, similar. if you get lost in the forest, she teaches you and you become, you know, a Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah, so really interesting. Um, Momotias are divided into three tribes or versions. Mm. So the black Momotia are harmless, but the red and the white ones Forget about it. Ooh. Those are blood set right there. Like that, those are gang members. Wow. <laughs> They're always up to some kind of trickery and are um, unpredictable. So Momotia in general function as messengers between the realm of the spirit and the physical. Very cool. And that's features. what I got on them. Huh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Momotias. I like that. Indeed. Momotia. Yes. Moesha. And that's all from us. We hope you've enjoyed and learned something new about fairies in African mythology. Yep. And as we said, we've been working on our own depiction of the Yumbos and are almost done. So close. Almost, so almost. Close. It looks so good. It looks so good. And yeah. If, if you want to see, follow us on TikTok and Instagram and Pinterest at adechi.telia to stay up to date on that process. And if you would like your own copy of our paintings of the Aziza, mm-hmm. um, there are prints available on our website at adechi.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have finished it. We yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. finished <laughs> it. Finished. It looks it amazing. Looks great. It's about yeah. them bringing fire 
to the human world. Yep, and it's called A Journey Into Our World. That's what we yeah. titled the painting. Yeah. So if you want to, the emotional has been sold, but if you want a print, head over mm-hmm. to our website. Mm-hmm. And obviously let us know how you found this episode by rating and leaving a review. We'll be back next week with our second minisode. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what we're saying it on now. Yep. Stories about, um, what was it? <laughs> we thought we knew. <laughs> <laughs> Stories about Aziza. Yeah. The, 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 the Aziza. Goblin, the the Urubo. Yeah. Um, Aziza. Um, so, Put your podcast notifications on and stay tuned for that. So, yep, yeah, I think that's all. We hope you learned something new about African fairies and fate and pass this episode on to a friend so they can learn too. Tell a friend, tell a friend, to tell a friend, tell, tell a your friend, grandma, to, tell yep. your dog, tell your neighbor's dog, tell your cat, tell... <laughs> Tell the world. Tell the person down the street that always walks past you when you Mm. walk to work at (laughs) 9am. You know there's always one person. That's how you you know you're you're on time when you Mm -hmm. walk past that same person. Give give that little nod. Yep, you're on time. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. And as always, thank you for taking the time to explore Explore the the world world of African African mythology mythology with us. We're your hosts. Adechi. Solomon and Adra. Adra and Solomon. (sighs) Bye and good luck.